today for All Saints Day, we're going to be reading from the Gospel of Luke, the sixth chapter, verses 20 through 31. You can follow along in your personal Bible or follow along on the screens as it is displayed. And I ask that you stand as you're able in body and spirit in honor of the reading of Luke's Gospel. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on the account of the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets." But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. But I say to you who are listening, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And if anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who asks of you. And if anyone takes away what is yours, do not ask for it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I don't know if any of y'all had uh, this luxury in life, but growing up, my parents allowed me to have a TV in my bedroom, okay? So I thought I was living high. I had a TV, my little Nintendo, had my own little setup. But the rule was TV's got to go off at 8 o'clock. It's time to get ready for bed, time to wind down. And so I would go to my room, the door would have to be open and all that. And once, about 30 minutes past 8 o'clock, and I heard my parents watching their shows, I'd click on my TV, just a little bit, just clicking on, turn the volume down really low to where I can barely, barely hear it. And I would fall asleep watching TV. And the one thing I love to watch, I know it's bad, it's real bad. I love to watch Nick at Night. I don't know if anybody's watched Nick at Night, but in the 90s, they would play these old school, you know, TV shows. And so I'd fall asleep watching Mr. Ed or Flipper or Lassie, all these, it all has to deal with animals, you know? And I thought it was really cool that these characters can like talk to these animals and understand what they're saying to each other and get into all these shenanigans. And I'll just watch it until I fall asleep. So, you know, I always would wish that I would have that same type of relationship with my own pets. You know, I wish they would, could talk back to me and we can have conversations like you would with Mr. Ed and all that, but no, <laughs> but no. People say, the person outside of God that knows you the best, it's going to be your pet, right? It's going to be your pet. They're going to see you at your lowest. They're going to hear you say things out loud. They're going to watch you. They know you probably better than anybody else in the world because you can be completely honest with them because guess what? They're not like Mr. Ed and Flipper and Lassie. They can't talk back to you and do things. They can't tell all your secrets, right? So I think back on a dog that I had it wasn't my childhood dog, but it was a dog that I got as a teenager. And it was a dog that I chose for myself that carried me through my college years, my married years. And he passed away not too long ago, a couple of years ago. Or actually, no, it's been a while now. It's been six years. It's hard to believe. But anyway, 
That dog was a dog that a friend of mine had a whole litter one night. He lived out on a farm. And he said with all the friends that were there, he said, anybody wants a dog? I got a puppy. You can take one home. So 16, 17-year-old me said, that sounds like a great idea. I'll take that dog on home. My parents will be thrilled about it. But I thought about it on the way home when I had that puppy and that Ziploc bag full of dog food for my friend. I'm like, you know what? They may not be happy. So let me try to hide the dog. So I hid the dog. And what do puppies do? They bark and make lots of noise and get the attention of your parents. And they're like, we don't have a puppy, but we hear a puppy. And so they found the puppy. I had him in the storage room in my, in my garage overnight trying to hide him. And I don't know what my plan was after that. And then they said, you brought a dog home. I said, well, yeah, I brought a dog home. My, my friend was giving him out for free. You know, it's a perfect black lab mutt looking dog. Yeah. It's got to go back. It's got to go back. And I was like, oh, I just really want a pet of my own that I pick. But no, it's got to go back. So what did I do? I had a grandmother in town who really loved her grandson and really loved animals. So I went over to her house when I took the dog back and told her my little story of like, just give it some time. If it can stay here and I could prove that I take care of it, mom and dad will let me bring it back home. Grandma was grandma. She said, of course, honey. So she kept the dog and I would come home after school and feed the dog and take care of the dog and all that kind of stuff. And then one day my parents went to my grandmother's house and they heard a dog in the bathroom barking. And they said, did you get a dog? And they opened the bathroom door and it was the dog they told me to take back. So grandma got in trouble too. We all got in trouble, but I got to keep the dog. I got to keep the dog. They realized that they ain't going back. But that relationship I had with that dog was just special. We all have those special relationships with our animals, pets, whatever, because they are there for you in, in times of need. They're there for you um, just giving unconditional love. And so it was a really sad day when he had to go and pass on. And he lived 13, 14 years. And then we've got our two you know, golden retriever dogs we have now that we love. But our relationships with our pets are real special. They're real special. And there's TV shows about people and their pet relationships. But this passage here, and what we look at at All Saints Day, is that sometimes... <laughs> our relationship with our pets is probably better than our relationships are with each other. Now, the, the thing is that we probably do a better job of taking care of our pets than we do each other. And so the passage that we have here takes a look at what Jesus says you need to be mindful of when it comes to relationships. And I think for All Saints Day, as we, at the end of this service, remember those that have passed on we come back and we hear the names and we think about the relationships we had with these people from our church. And in my occupation, I'm around a lot of happy moments. Weddings are the funnest thing. I love to do a wedding. I love to eat a good meal at a reception. But the other part of my job that's really sad is the dying part. Is being there with the families and the individuals as they pass on. And the thing that I hear the most in those moments and we all know this, is that people passing on and the families never say, you know what, I wish this person would have worked more in their lives. I wish this person or I wish I would have gone to the ball game more often. It's never that. Hands down, every time it's said, you know what, I wish I did a better job building this relationship with this person. I wish I had more time to mend broken bridges 
I wish I had more time to get that person to know that person more. I bet everybody in here has got someone you need to call and say, I'm sorry. I bet you do. If you live life long enough, it's going to happen. So what's stopping you? What's stopping you? It's only you. And see here, Jesus with his disciples, it's telling us how we need to be in relationship with each other. This is called the Sermon on the Plain. If you ever want to dive into some Bible study, there's also a Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew. But this is the Sermon on the Plain in the Gospel of Luke. It has some extra pieces added to this sermon that the Sermon on the Mount doesn't have. It has the woes. It has the woes. It has the blessed and the woes. It says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and exclude you, defame you on the account of the Son of Man. He's lifting up those that society steps on. He's lifting up those who are down on their luck, who are facing hard times in this earth, in this time. But when you think about it, the poor can be blessed. Because what do they have but nothing but God? They don't have things distracting them. They can focus purely on God and not have these material things. And when it says poor, it's not just monetarily poor. It's a deeper poverty. When you truly have nothing, then you'll realize that what you do have is in Jesus. When you are hungry, you seek him. When you are sad, he can bring you joy. Blessed are those when people hate you and exclude you because they did that to the Son of Man. You are connected to him and will be raised up with him. And so this is a piece of the of the Sermon on the Plain where he is lifting up those that society has a bad relationship with, those that people cast out. But then those that seem to have it all, he says, woe to you who are rich. You've got all that you need, but what you really need is, is God. Blessed that you're, you know, woe to you are a fool because you're not going to want for anything. And woe to you who are laughing now for sadness will come. Woe to you when all speak well of you, because that's how their ancestors treated the false prophets. He's giving this contrast, this warning per se, of saying, hey, don't get too comfortable. Don't think, well, at least I'm not underneath the I-55 bridge with a sign asking for food. Because you know what? Things can turn at a moment's notice. And if you're not putting your faith and putting your trust in an almighty God, then what do you have? When it's all gone. And so he's lifting these up as a compare and contrast. But then he goes into, but I say to those who are listening, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. That's hard. That's hard to not wish ill will upon those that are your enemies. It is hard to not think negative thoughts about somebody who talks bad about you talks falsely about you, to not want to take them and just wring them. It's hard. But we are to love our enemies. We are to turn the other cheek. Because when you turn the other cheek, you're still looking at the person in the eye that struck you in the face. 
You're not looking away. When it says, they take a coat, give them all your clothes. Because as you stand there, they're forced to see you and what they have done. You're trying to open their eyes. You are to do to others as you would have them do to you. It is the golden rule. It is that reminder that relationships are incredibly important. And that there are some relationships that we need to do better with. There just are. And it's never going to be easy. But as I said earlier, and the people that we're going to honor today with the All Saints service, at the end, everybody has wished they would have done better with their relationships. That they would have mended bridges, said I'm sorry, would have tried again. And so what Jesus is telling us here is that there's nothing stopping us from doing that. We are commanded to do to others as we would have them do to us. That is our task. That is a mark of a Christian. That is a mark of a disciple of Christ. People mistreated Jesus and he didn't deserve it. But yet he still sacrificed himself for the same people that mistreated him. And that is the ultimate example that we are to take. We are to do what we can to treat others with respect, to love others, and to work on that each and every day. Because at the end of the day, when we all finally meet our time, we're going to have wished we have done something better with our relationships. That our relationships with our pets don't need to be better than our relationship with our other fellow human beings. Because we are called to love each and every person, even our enemies. And so this week, as we focus on these saints, as we focus on these words of Jesus on the Sermon on the Plain, may we really and truly seek out where we need to work on our relationships. What enemies do we need to love? And it will be hard. And it may be slow. But we are called to take that step forward and do that each and every day. So may we, may we take this charge to do to others as you'd have them do to you. And may we work on those relationships with those that we know. Let's pray.